All right. Thank you for everyone for tuning in. This is the RCN podcast. If you want to know what the RCNM stands for, if you don't already know, it is Rare Class Millennials. But those acronyms also have to do with our names. And from that, I will deflate to, that's not the right word, but I will defer to the R to introduce herself first. Uh, R is Rachel. I'm chilling, y'all. How to do what to do. I am the C. I am Chloe. And it I is am the, what it is. And I am the <laughs> M. And for millennials. That's my true real name. Well, my my name is Millennial. It's like nah, I'm just Malik. No, it's not. <laughs> dessert, disagreed your mom like that. She gave you a name. Love it. I did love my name. She gave you, you a name, name, not a noun. Do I love my name? Yeah, do you love your name? Um, I didn't for the longest time. Why is that? Um, I liked my first name. My last name is kind of eh. I like I love it now because I love some of the people who my name represents, but you didn't like your last you didn't dislike your last name as much as I disliked mine. Oh and we're not even about we're not even about to put that out there, but <laughs> you know you didn't dislike your last name as much as I did mine. Yeah, and then uh, my middle name I absolutely hated. Like I hated it a lot. <laughs> I'm fine. I grew to love my name, even though people still pronounce Malik. it still pronounce it wrong. Malik. More it's people. not so many people that pronounce your name as wrong as how they pronounce even the two of you. You guys probably have not had your names mispronounced as horribly as I have had. Carly. Horribly. Horribly. Give us one. Carly. That's just on being ignorant. It is. Like, your name is spelled. Or Cholo. Question, were they looking at you when they said this? Yes. You know what that is? That's called people trying to appropriate names, thinking that it's going to be like a black cultured name. No. People look at me all the time. My name like, is not even black culture at this point. There's more white people with my name now than no, what I it know. used to That's be. That's what I'm saying, though. But like when people think of names for like black children, it's never the basic form of that name. People spell my, misspell my name all the time or call me Raquel to my face because I'm black versus just thinking my name is Rachel. Now that's just ignorance. Yeah, that, that's, ignorance, a, that's, that's, just, that's pure ignorance because your name is very standard. Yeah. If I standard say, I've told people, I've been like, yo, my name is Rachel. Like when I get coffee at school and they would spell your name on the thing, they would always misspell my name and add an extra A. That is not the common way to spell Rachel. Yeah. But because of how I looked, that's how it was put my name. I've had someone put a Q in my name. When I said my name is Rachel, and they put a Q in it. Like, my mom couldn't spell my name correctly. That's just disgusting. That's the thing. It's happened to me several times. It pisses me off a lot. All right. Well, now that we've gotten through the name trashing that we've all endured... Let's go to the topics of what is at hand. I think we're starting with millennials dealing post-pandemic. I can't really say post-pandemic because it's not over yet, but like, I feel like, I feel like the, well, I can't even really say the worst is over, but 
the unknowledgeable part of the worst is over because I think we're a lot more knowledgeable about what's going on. So how have we all been dealing with the pandemic pretty much a year in? Honestly, I thought I was over it, but I'm like, can we go back home? (laughs) After this weekend, I'm like, let's just go back inside our houses and not do anything. (laughs) Some people are just out acting a fool just to act a fool. Versus me, I'm looking forward to a little more normalish activity through the summer and then into the fall and winter. I mean, I want normalcy, but I want people to act like people. Like, what is even normalcy right now? Don't act like a hooligan just because you've been cooped up for a year. We're all being cooped up. Don't yeah, act like, like a don't fool. don't ruin it for everyone. Exactly. But I feel like that's what's going to happen. Is um. Because even for like the Gen Z people that are kind of somewhat in their formative years, like they're going to be at a much more disadvantage than what we are because we've known what the world has been for about a good five to 10 years, just knowing what it is, even when we were teenagers. But for them, like no other generation prior to like the 1920s and 30s has had something like this. Even for us, I still feel like this is new to us. Like It's very new. There's no going back to what was. It's all new from here. There may be some correlation to what was, but and it's maybe stronger than that. Like it's maybe still normalish, but I still feel like it's like a new chapter. Honestly, this is an unpopular opinion, but seriously, COVID and this pandemic has literally made realize the importance of wearing a mask regardless if there's a pandemic or not (laughs) every winter i will be wearing a mask when i go out because i did not get sick at all last year with wearing the mask and all the extra hand washing i literally refuse to go back to being sick you know and it's not even like a big thing for me because i don't really have a health issue with my with like breathing or like feeling claustrophobic with a mask on it's i'm okay I mean, don't get me wrong, I've had my moments in my mask where I'm like, oh, I can't do this. But honestly, that feeling is trumped by the feeling of being safe and not getting sick. Because I hate being sick. Absolutely despise it. Well, you, Chloe, you still wearing a mask in the winter? Um, I mean... At this point, I don't really know if it makes a difference in the winter or if anything else. It's just... I know that if I'm going to be around a lot of people, I feel more comfortable with wearing a mask regardless. And also if I know like even, I mean, this is not really my type of work, but if I were to work in an environment where I'm working with multiple people, I would actually feel more comfortable with wearing a mask knowing that hey someone could have the flu someone could have something going on and my chances of me getting it will be less if I wear a mask because again I did not get sick pretty much this whole time period I did not get sick at all I still have yet to get sick from wearing a mask yeah compared to all the other years I'm in an office full of people, and if someone is sick, it's going to happen within like five days. If That's your immune system is not like on point, if your immune system is on point, then maybe you won't. But if it's not, 
you're going to get sick. How much you wash your hands, how clean you want to be, you will get sick again just from, you know, aerial exposure. Yeah, I also want to just give a nod to like the countries that have been doing this for like years. Yes. So like basically Asia, China. Yes. They, they, oh yeah, they, they wear masks all the time. Yeah, and that's the reason because of uh, pollution, but also it's also a challenge on our standards in the building industry. I'm sorry, I'm going to go on a tangent for a second, but most of us wouldn't get sick in our normal circumstance if air was properly filtered through buildings and able to, you know, remove pollutants or just, you know, viral things floating around buildings in everyday circumstances. So it goes back to like just basically maintenance and how much influence uh, these buildings that we inhabited inhabitate are properly managed and like looking out for us that are using it. That also can go back to linking to the respect that those countries have and cultures have for family. Like a lot of people here, you would hear say like they wore a mask not for themselves, but because of who they see, like their moms, their grandparents. And those countries there, like you take care of those family members. Like there's not like those are your concerns. Like they're a priority. Yeah. Or here's another thing they're not a priority for certain people. Definitely like people college students like mm-hmm. like people just, just you know they're, they're your friends or they're just your roommates but you gotta wear your mask because you're living with like at least four other people you guys gotta look out for each other but that's whatever it's all in personal discretion but on a positive note have we talked about any positives yet i don't know of masks no no of like COVID? moving into the summer closing up this pandemic hopefully and moving into fresh. Sorry. I guess not. Uh, I would say, uh, we can talk about positives. I would say a, a positive, I think, is um, the amount of people who have come into their own games pandemic in terms of uh, creating businesses and following dreams to do small things. Basically turning the projects and hustles into uh, an actual career. Yeah. It's kind of an inspirational. Very inspirational. I feel anyone who has built their business from the ground up during the pandemic, you're a superhero. (laughs) Because you have been like so disenfranchised to everything. Like the the world stopped. Like we can all agree on that, that during the pandemic, the world stopped. And no one knew what to do. And a lot of businesses, um, a lot of businesses stopped. A lot of them slowed down. But um, for someone that actually built their business during this time period, and I can't even say thriving, but you're still surviving, like you're above water, like you're a superhero. I think it also opened up doors for people to realize that there's potential to do things like side hustle as a full-time job. Like, the amount of people that DoorDashed before COVID was kind of slim. But now, like, DoorDashers and Uber drivers, like, that stuff is super, super popping right now. Well, and most areas are popping. Like, up here, I couldn't even get into DoorDash in, what, what month was that? Like, April and May yeah. last year. At all. Like, there was too many drivers. 
Yeah, because too many people that were doing like regular jobs. Excuse me, that they couldn't do were resorting to DoorDash and stuff. I remember when I tried to sign up for DoorDash, the main hub that you had to go to to sign up, they weren't even there. Excuse me. So it was even hard trying to do a job like that. I mean, I did Instacart and that helped sustain me for a while, even though, I mean, I. I don't know, but I feel like our whole livelihoods have been shaked up by this so much. Yeah, some for the worse, some for the better. I think work culture is the big change in it. Definitely like sick days. I think employers need to really find a balance for us. Just like we understand there's a work to be done, but also there needs to be wellness days implemented to help limit Burnout. Burnout, sicknesses, and just stress with the work. I mean, that's interesting to see going forward and how most handle that. You know, some cases it's un it won't be it won't change that much because responsibility within a a job, but for a standard nine to five worker that doesn't need to be, you know, in the office at all times, I mean I I don't see anything wrong with working from home at least two days of the week. Do you believe that people that work from home should get paid less than people that go into their office? No. Or no. whatever their... Like, if you have that option, do you feel like they should get paid less? And no. why not? No, because they're going to be a CEO for a company that works from home, and they still going to get that big-ass check. That's Most CEOs. CEOs work from home. Yeah. That's, like, that's CEO. I mean, like... I feel like anyone who's at the top rank can doesn't really have to be there anyway because they don't really need to be there. A CEO just has to make hard, fast decisions. No, and it's more than that. If you're well, a leader, I, if you're I, a leader... It, it depends. It depends, but I don't think that a CEO really needs to be there. If everyone's hours are nine to five, I don't feel like a CEO actually needs to be there for that whole time period because they have too many people that work for them that keep the, that keep the ship running. So you don't really need to be there. The CEO just makes decisions. I don't think it's fair to say that someone who works at home should be making less than someone who drives into an office at the end of the day if they're doing the same amount of work no matter where they're located. Exactly. The work is still the work. There's nothing that changes about it. Whether you're doing it at home, whether you're doing it at a coffee shop, whether you're doing it in an office, the work still remains the same. Yeah, My qualifications still remain the same despite my location. I feel like depending on the type of work that you're doing, that can be justified. But I also think that for certain people, I don't think that people that people that are on first level, second level, I don't think that they need to be paid the same because a lot of what you get paid, you take out for transportation, you take out for even the attire that you buy to look this type of way. And if you're working from home, you can basically work home in your underwear. That still doesn't make it. So, so because someone can work at home, they shouldn't be able to make a living wage. 
when you have Twitch streamers I'm not making thousands. A, I'm not saying that the, the differentiation should be so severe. I'm not saying that someone who works in the office should be paid this amount and then the person who works from home gets like 30% of that. I'm not saying it should be that big of a difference. I think that maybe between 5 and 10%, depending on what you do, because this is this has not been something that we have been accustomed to. The people that have already been working from home from their jobs, that's different. But for people who where that was never an option, if you choose to work from home, like if your job allows you to say, hey, you can continue to work from home, but you're going to get a 5% pay cut. I would take that. Nobody's going to take that. I I feel like I'm finding a new job. Thank you. 5% I would take it. 10% no. But 5% I would take that because I'm able to multitask so much more at home. I I wouldn't take that. Because either way, like, to me, I maybe not in corporate world where money is like kind of fluctuating. But for me, for you to tell me to work from home, I would take a 5% cut. That's almost two to three dollars for me those two to three dollars matter yeah per hour yeah like they matter okay so maybe we need to talk about people that are like already making like probably eighty thousand dollars a year and maybe to them let's not go there because we know that i I don't know that that exactly we know that the average salary in america is basically between 35 and fifty thousand, and 50 to 60 is on the high end of average so for a person that's making thirty-five to forty-five thousand dollars a year, that few extra dollars, it matters. It does make it, yeah. It it does make a difference. That is true. I mean, that's why they push it so hard to get fifteen dollars an hour. But I so guess you me. have to. I guess you have to calculate. Does your two percent that you're, or I mean, does your five percent measure out in all the extra stuff that it takes to get back and forth to your job, all the other stuff that you may need for your job. If that measures out to say like, okay, my transportation costs this much, what I have to do, my upkeep and everything to have this job where I don't have to worry about that from home. If that measures out where I still need this, then okay, don't take a pay cut. But if you... If you say, okay, I'm going to save $400 in transportation, I'm going to save, you know, or even just say I'm saving $500 a month just by working from home, and your pay cut makes it say that, okay, you're, not to say you're going to get $500 less, but let's just say even $350, does that measure out? I'm going to just say, it sounds, it's a personal problem because most Employers don't factor in transportation or those they small don't, but transportation plays a big factor in a lot of people's jobs. Well, coming from someone who gets paid to travel, um, it it doesn't it's not helpful at all. Like no matter the amount of work that I do in traveling and going to where I have to go to work every day, working from home, it it doesn't make a difference to me because I'm still not paid enough. Like, the amount of work that I do and put into my job does not pay me enough to do it. Okay. Uh, so, I, it's just, like, really hard for people to be, like, for me, to like, for our company, be like, oh, yeah, if we could take away this and you make this, I'm like, no. Because I still don't think I get paid enough to do what I do now. 
and traveling. <laughs> yeah. And most most cities or most townships, they have discounts for certain employees. So it's all a give and take and they have monthly discounts like, you know, and I don't think transportation is a big pivot point and cutting someone's salary just because they're working from home. Unless you're like living in a major city and commuting from like Virginia to DC or from DC to New York multiple times a week. Yeah. That's different. If they provide you a stipend. Yeah. And most companies that you work for like that in corporate America, like they're paying for that themselves. Like it's going on a company card. Except for, I know a a professor at my undergrad. She used to live in Jersey and caught the train to come to Baltimore three times a week, back and forth three times a week. That's just madness. It was coming out of her pocket, by the way. And she rented another place in Baltimore. Are you seeing in Baltimore? No, New Jersey to Baltimore. Oh, no. That's ridiculous. Oh, that's, yeah, that's intense. I mean, it ain't hurting her pockets, but you know what I'm saying? That's a little tough. Well, as I'm saying, though, if she's making the money to make the commute, then that's not a big of a deal. But, I mean, for someone who is literally making little to nothing off that, like, that's rough. Yeah. You wouldn't catch me commute from Jersey to Baltimore three times a week unless you're paying for it. <laughs> Same way you wouldn't catch me commute from DC to New York four times a week if you ain't paying for it. Unless it's the hyperloop and I can get there in an hour. Even even with the hyperloop, if you're not <laughs> if you're not paying for it, I'm not doing it. Uh, that's funny. You're right. Because then you have to take into like for me, my job pays travel. Yes, we make we make like what seven fifty for travel. And granted, I'm traveling at 30 minutes, depending on my location. So you could have. But that only counts if I'm going from client to client. That doesn't count that I'm driving 30 minutes from my home to my first client and then 30 minutes from my last client to my home. That hour right there is uncompensated in any form. Yeah. And I still have to work when I come home. Yep. And you don't. Well, you did get. Yeah, you did get paid for that. But you don't get paid your. But I don't get I don't get paid what I get made when I'm with a client. I yeah. get paid sitting there I travel. So that seven fifty only accounts to fifty bucks every other every two weeks in the amount of travel and the amount of notes I do. I spend more than fifty bucks in a week to put gas in my car. Yeah. I fill up twice a week and it's like thirty bucks to fill up my car. Definitely with this gas thing going on right now. Yeah. So that's sixty that's hundred and twenty dollars every two weeks for just gas alone. I feel like the gas thing was the cherry on top of the cake with everything because everyone was trying to get ready to get back into like, okay, I mean, not to say that half of the country is vaccinated, but let's just say 20% of the country is vaccinated. And from that 20%, most of those people are working people who need to get the vaccine in order to continue to work. Now, again, there are people that feel they don't want to do it and that's fine. And I definitely, I would never try to convince anyone to get the vaccine. I feel like it's a personal choice. Just like the flu shot. You can't force people to get the flu shot. If they want to get it, cool. If they don't, that's fine too. The flu is still there. So just because you get vaccinated or you get the the shot, that doesn't mean that the flu is not going to keep going on. But, um, yeah, I think when you have a lot of, dang it, 
whatever it is, the nuances of dealing with, you know, paying a lot for your transportation and stuff like that and worrying about it, it's it it doesn't it doesn't always add up because there are people that literally pay eighty dollars a week in gas or yeah. even more than that, depending on the car that they have. There are some people that do commute from um the lower ends of Virginia all the way up to Baltimore. Or there are people that commute from Baltimore all the way into DC and you have to still deal with that. And my question is is just like, you know, how is that even affecting everyone and is the pandemic making it worse? I guess it depends case by case, person by person. Yeah, I think it's a it's a person by person, case by case thing. Because for some people, they've been able to not work at all through the pandemic and still continue to not work and make more than every individual who's working. Yeah, some states are are cutting it off in September, and they're like forcing you to apply for at least five jobs a week. So they're gonna catch somebody slipping. And we knocking on but your door. The, but but what is the type of like? Are those people even working? Or are they just people that were already kind of in the system? Both. Just there's, like there's amplifying off of it. No, there's both. There's both. You know, there's people that may have been between jobs when the pandemic struck. And there's people that may have lost their job or just quit their job. But when it was time to go back to work, it was a thing where people decided they didn't want to go back to work. Yeah. Which I get. Not everybody wants to go back to work. But if that's the case, you you need to find things to do that's not just collecting unemployment as your day job. Yeah. At least go, like, help your community if you're not going to go work. Volunteer. Do something. Cause Damn, was that a shot at myself? I've been down here playing video games for the past three months. Yeah, but you drive, <laughs> I've been always in school. But you drive DoorDash and you go to school. I'm talking about people that just sit on their ass and collect money and then take that money and go on vacation. Like, yeah. Don't get me wrong. I get everyone just is entitled to some time off, and I think that's great. But I also think that work ethic, work ethic is a thing and it should be valued. And being paid to sit on your ass and do nothing is not okay with me. <laughs> Yeah, I I definitely agree with that. Um, work ethic was something that was deeply instilled to me um, as a child. So I was never the type of person to think that, oh, I can just live in this world and someone's going to take care of me. I was never brought up with that because I just felt like, I mean, even though I'm a woman, and I know that, yeah, I can be with a man and he can lead and take care of the household. I was still never led to think that I should just be sitting on my ass and not working. Because, I mean, my father was a provider. I mean, I mean, he still is. But even outside of that, my father was always a provider. But my mother always still worked the whole time so from what i was brought up in is that if you want to excel in the world you need to find out what you're good at or 
find something that you can do that is consistent and do it and take care of yourself. And if you get with somebody else who you guys mutually come together and, you know, work things out, great. But if you don't, don't ever think that you should just rely on the government or the system. Like that was never an option to me. Yeah. You want something in life? Go work for it. I still, even if it wasn't instilled in me, I watched my mother work three, two to three jobs my entire childhood. You can never tell me that. And like, I still, I still would work hard regardless if she told me, hey, go find someone to take care of you. I could not do it after watching her struggle to raise me. Like, I couldn't do it. I feel like it would be a slap in the face. All right. Good chat on this one. We're going to take a quick break. Be right back. Booty! Is that going to be your thing when we come back from break? Just yell booty? <laughs> yeah. We, we, can, we can always make a booty. <laughs> it's like when uh, we, 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 we ass in the chat <laughs> on Twitch. Or have, have y'all seen that clip of you, y'all seen the boondocks? Yeah. And you know that, that episode of when it was the dude that was trying to take everybody's butt? Yeah. <laughs> so me and my boyfriend, he, he actually showed me like the original clip of the guy where that episode was based off of, Lee uh-huh. Johnson. And we laugh about it so much because he was just like, booty. Well, booty. More important than when booty was more important than food. <laughs> booty was more important than water. He was like, yes, a man's butt. <laughs> like, like, he does it so well. When when we when we get him as as a guest speaker on the show, I'm gonna have him do the whole thing because he's gonna do it so perfectly. <laughs> that's that's gonna be one of our little. Um, I don't know what people have in, in podcasts where they have those little like trigger things where they like tap in and say something. Yeah, yeah, yeah we, we, we gotta we gotta make something like that. <laughs> we gotta, Speaking of the we boondocks, gotta... they're coming back in 2022. <gasps> what? Yay! The front door. Yeah, I, that's exciting. I heard about it a while ago, but I just didn't know when they were going to put it together. But I guess. is Regina Hall still going to voice most of yeah, the Yeah, yeah, I think she's coming back. Oh. Of course. Oh, yeah. Of course. Um, what's his name? Witherspoon Pops. Of course, he passed he's away. So. Yeah, he's good. I would like to see how appearance from Cardi B. She sounds just like Regina Hall character. A little bit. No, she don't. She does a little bit. I mean, maybe she tried hard enough. You should try it, but it's whatever. Um, I'm I'm very intrigued to see what the seasons look like. You think they'll keep the same art style? I hope they do, but I'm they talking about the content it. they talk about. Oh, they go on, they go on it all because yeah. it's it's probably gonna get worse. Because they are usually they probably really gonna do a whole episode of George Floyd. Yeah, yeah, they will. They will do a whole I'm episode about this. Of, of George Not Floyd. Not an episode. Not the episode, but like for them to share. I appreciate content that talks about tough shit in a comedical way, but also in a sensitive way where they get the point across. Yeah. And also in a valuable way because like 
Um, Riley? No. Huey is what? Huey's the the woke dude, right? I can't remember. I think so. He's like the youngest. Anyway, the dude with the big ass afro. <laughs> he he was the one that was always dropping facts and talking about stuff that we didn't want to have those conversations with. But he was always the one spitting facts. But then Riley always brought it to like the hood because it was like, well, this is still the reality that we live in. So, you know, I feel like, I don't know, that show was just amazing. It was ahead of its time. Definitely. It sounds like this show loves to live on the hinge. Now, this episode is not SpongeBob Hinge, but if Hinge ever wanted to sponsor our podcast, that'd be great. Rachel and I, we met on Hinge. <laughs> And this is not I met, I met my man on Hinge. And Chloe met her man on Hinge. Hinge, the app hinge. meant to be deleted. Hinge. There you go. <laughs> hinge, y'all need to sponsor us. Y'all supposed to saying this is the app to be deleted. Okay, but it makes it makes great things. How long y'all been together? A year and a half, almost two. Almost two. Okay, I've been with my man for nine nine months. Oh yeah. And it ain't it ain't going nowhere else. <laughs> well, I'm gonna kill him if it does. <laughs> Whoa! I'm just I'm just I'm just playing. I'm just playing. No, I love him. My excellent segue was to only mention Hinge because we want to talk about how to basically find a bay, not just in the pandemic, but in general in these times. Just no more formal dating, courting a woman for months on end. It's just like two weeks. That's long enough. And uh, let's see what happens. I feel like Hinge is the more adult of all the dating apps. It is. Like, there's compared to like POF and I mean, what Tinder, is we don't know. Plenty of fish. What the fuck is Plenty of fish? Plenty of fish is literally. Plenty of fish is a, is, a, is a fuck site. That's all it is. Basically. It's a site where people go on and they look for hookups. It's like, it's like an adult tender. There's more like older people, but not really. But not really, but like there's yeah. more older people that like if you go on Tinder, you're not gonna find somebody who's like Tinder. We all know what it's about. Tinder, we all know what it's about. Plenty of fish gives you like that somewhat narrative to think that there's something better that's gonna come out of it, but ninety percent of the time, nothing's actually gonna close, come so. out of it. If I could just rank a few by category, I would say Tinder's more like. The college atmosphere. Bumble is like if you're just looking for a friend. Uh, Hand is like, like we said, for like adults that's trying to just like meet someone and see where it goes. And then we have all the other sites that you guys talked about. And then there's what was it? like eHarmony and Match. That's for like. Well, that's when you gotta put older adults. Yeah, and I'm not in a a pay to pay to play thing at all. That's that's a uh, I'm trying to find love real real quick. I ain't got time to date around. So let someone else do it for me. That's a money game. That, that is. That's pay that, to play. that is not a people game. That's pay to play, which is terrible. But for me, you know what I've noticed about, about Tinder recently? Tinder is no longer just like a hookup site. It's also a like uh, platform for couples recently to um, be looking for thirds. Lordy. There are tons of couples on Tinder looking for thirds. I mean, even with the pandemic, you know, a lot of people, they, get they little, want their unicorn. They go a little frisky. Yeah, they do. I feel like they need to create an app for couples that want to like play around. I'm pretty like, sure they it's need coming to, up. 
Probably, if it's not already there, but um, so it's probably even something like that already out there. All y'all dudes in the Silicon Valley trying to like come up with ideas. You guys should probably come up with an app that is already built for couples that want something else in their life. Me, I'm good. I don't I'm need it, too. but. Yeah, I'm I'm good. I don't need all that extra stuff, but I know a lot of people want that. And they want, they want they want safe avenues of trying to find that. Yeah. Because Craig's Craigslist killed um because Craigslist used to have all that stuff, but when Craigslist killed the personal section of all of that it was dead because everybody was trying to get their stuff off of the personal section of Craigslist. Craigslist was Craigslist was, was different <laughs> types of stuff. I mean, hey, you can ask whatever you want to ask in Craigslist. You want to find it. But now they went and you know, shot all that stuff down because I guess too many people were getting killed or well. You know, abused or whatever, and then blaming them on Craigslist. I low key used to think Craigslist was the black market. Me too. I still think. It's I the mean, black a part market. of Craigslist is the black market. <laughs> I mean, it is part of it is the black market, but I used to think the whole site was black market. Like, I, the site just looks sketchy. It, 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 it still looks. I sketchy. mean, I wouldn't like, say it completely because when I was done and it was times where I needed to have a job or just find some way to make some in those sketchy type of ways. Just like actually just an easy way to make a hundred dollars. You can't find that one indeed. You can't find that just saying, okay, where do I go to make a hundred dollars without doing sex work? Craigslist had the options. Yeah, they were like the first to be like legit options of where you could make some money while you're selling your ass. I mean, that was the primary way to do it. But if you didn't want to do it, they still had other options like, hey, you could come clean someone's house or you could go, you know, do whatever it is that you could have some weirdo want to take pictures of you fully clothed. It, It just afforded you avenues to make legit money but you know now that that's not really an option as much anymore you know it is what it is and that's another that's another thing I was like how do you all feel about um, legalizing prostitution I'm so here for it I heard New York did that I'm Hasn't Denmark been doing that for like 50 years now? Yeah. I'm here for it. Go ahead, explain to me. Listen, some women just like sex. And it's not fair to them to body shame and humiliate someone for doing something that they enjoy and they feel that they're good at. And so they can get paid for it properly. And why should it be a crime for them to make money that is stripping? Is How do they get paid for it properly? Except you're not touched and you can talk to most strippers most of them have been sexually assaulted or raped in some point in time in a strip club most regular people have been so it is not okay i'm i'm so pro legalizing it like what's it really gonna hurt i'm I'm pro legalizing it because the thing is it's never gonna stop it's just like weed 
people want to smoke weed. Anyone, whoever you are, they're going to smoke weed. Just just like how they tried to, you know, in the prohibition days, they tried to say no one could smoke. I mean, not smoke. No one could drink liquor. That yeah, didn't it's work. Like- that, that didn't work. And the same thing, people trying to, you know, say, oh, people shouldn't smoke weed. Now, certain drugs, yes, you should have regulations on that stuff because those things can kill you. Like, literally, instantly, they can kill you. Ain't nobody ever died off of weed. Please show me the person who smoked weed and died. Please show me someone who had too much weed and quote unquote overdosed off of weed and died. Evidence no, is there. Ab- absolutely no one. Yeah, I just, I think it's, a, for, I, I, yeah, people are going to do it at the end of the day, regardless if they want, whether it's illegal or not. You might yeah. as well legalize it. Let these women make their money. Now, the only thing I'm going to dislike about it is that and if you men, legalize it... Because men, men, they're they male taxing. prostitutes as well. The only so thing about legalizing it is the taxes. It's because now they're going to try and put heavy taxes on that shit. And those people who make bank are now going to see a decrease in their profit. They're going to end up being minimum wage workers. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to now see a decrease in their in their profits. That's why you have OnlyFans to back it up. You might as well secure the bag. Yeah. But what is the longevity of OnlyFans anyway? It's pretty longevity. I mean, it's borderline uh, P-O-R-N. So it's going to find its place in the... As long as it's consensual, I mean, it is what it is. It, you know, basically prostitution is one of those professions, quote unquote, that's been across centuries. But porn is legal. Like, it's it's not illegal to be a porn star. It's not illegal to work in a sex industry like stripping or porn. But when you're on the street doing it, it's a problem. I get it. It's unsafe. It's unclean. There should be better regulations around it, but it shouldn't be illegal. Maybe that's where this legalization is coming in to regulate it and have checks. Because there are some really down, like heavy downsides to prostitution. Like you have young girls that get roped into it, like runaways. And most girls that, you know, though, I bet legalizing uh, prostitution will help with sex trafficking. Because most prostitutes are yeah, I, th- I think that it will. It'll cut down like, on the ability to sex traffic women because there's a legalization of it and there's because, a regulation. Yeah, again, regulation. Because if we say, okay, sex is legal, sex work is legal, and if we even just say, okay, standard, you have to be 18, so that eliminates children that would be used for that. That eliminates that being normalized. So that mm-hmm. means that if you want to get into this work, or anyone who is like trying to pimp people into this work, you have to pimp adults. You cannot pimp children anymore. Yeah. Which means that at this point, majority of people are going to be going into it willingly. Now, I mean, is there going to be some shady business? Of course. There's always shady business in everything, but the more that it is legalized and normalized to the, to say that 
okay, this is legal and it's normal for consenting adults, then the chances of you coming across 14, 13-year-old girls is going to be less and less and less. Because they will know that even if they do have people like this, they're going to have to stop because the feds are going to crack down on them. Yeah. We got so off track, but still. Yes. Yeah, I don't and this topic is a little awkward, exactly. so we're going to go back to what we originally were talking about. Bays. Finding a bay. Finding a bay. All right, Rachel. Yes. In our last year and a half, what was the... I don't know. How do you want to start this, Chloe? Like, you do, like, the courting or just, like, standards on the apps? What do you okay, so I'll pose a question to the audience, even though they're not necessarily going to answer it, but they can answer it in the comments. Um, do, you, do you feel that it was harder you to find someone in the pandemic or easier well for me i feel as though it was actually relatively easier because a lot of the distractions that we all have in life that will potentially take you away from being concerned about this like okay so like especially for people on hinge maybe not people on plenty of fish and tinder because again they're just down to fuck but for Hinge, I think that you kind of have a little bit more of a plan of what you're doing. Now, that may not be everyone on Hinge, but I, I can probably say at least 50 to 60% of people on Hinge have a plan of what they're trying to do. And I think that with having, um, you know, with not having regular life being a major distraction, I think for me, it was easier for me to find someone who was decent. Now, not someone who's just always on these apps just trying to fuck and find somebody, not those type of losers, but someone who actually is just like okay I'm going to go on a dating site and I want to explore and find someone and I want it to be serious I feel like with the pandemic being a big way to eliminate a lot of distractions I think that it actually made it easier in my opinion if that's what you wanted yeah Thanks certain aspects of it were probably made easy. It's hard for me to speak on it, like because we met right before the pandemic hit. We met what four or five months before pandemic. Yeah, we met. Yeah, so like we were already in like the courted stage. I will say though, it I feel like the pandemic pushed us into our relationship accelerated because yeah, because you guys lived together. Yeah, yeah. you guys like actually <laughs> we went on a trip together. Yeah, like <laughs> we, relatively early. Which we like, took a I was spring surprised. break trip, literally. And we got in the, the course of that spring break trip, we both got emails from our universities that we were being virtual. Um, I got confirmation from my job that I was no longer able to come to work. Uh, what else did we get? That's pretty much it. That's pretty much it. Then we got back, and it was like, well. Do you want to live in St. College by yourself with roommates you don't know? No. Do you want to live in York where you don't have a bedroom all the time? No. And what area of Pennsylvania do you all live in? 
So we live in... Whoa, 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 whoa. We live in central Pennsylvania. Thank you. Which is roughly like, if you need the directions, you know where Little League is? Oh my gosh, just tell tell them that. Shut up, we're in the same vicinity of Little League. And we're like I don't not know. far. I don't from. know any of what that means. It's okay. Yeah. Any t- anytime people talk about Pennsylvania, all I know is Pittsburgh. Philly and Pittsburgh. Philly. <laughs> I know Philly, Pittsburgh, and and uh, Lancaster. Um, okay. Like, I mean, let me okay, just let so you we, know. We going we going close to Amish country. It's, it's talking Lancaster. about Lancaster. It's Lancaster. So you're closer to. So you're closer. To, <laughs> so you're closer to the middle of nowhere. No. We are three hours from Philly, four hours from Pittsburgh, and two hours two hours, hours from the state line. Three hours from Baltimore. Three hours from Baltimore. We are literally in the central part of Pennsylvania. We live in the valley, basically. So that's again, not, you, you guys live in the middle of nowhere. That's not here or there. No kind problem. of, yeah. It's just this. It's just the principle of, do you want to move in together or do you want to live with random people? And yeah. I was like, no, I don't want to live with random people doing this uncertain thing. Do you that think that you it. would have had a different situation if both of you were living closer to Baltimore or even closer to a major city? Do you but, think that you guys would have had a different situation or even no. just as far as moving so fast? Because, like, in my, again, not to say that which you guys didn't work because again your relationship worked very well and i'm very proud that you guys are together and have been together and you're still riding i love it i love to see it but do you think that if you both lived in a city environment which i think segues into one topic that we potentially were brainstorming um previously do you think that if both of you lived in a very city environment would you have had the same outcome? What are you trying to ask? Are you asking what we would we have moved in together if we had lived in a different area? I think yes. Did if you had lived in a if you had lived in a more metropolitan area where there was more people, more distractions, more just shit going on, do you think that you guys would have connected and have moved as fast as you did? Compared to from because from what I'm getting is is like okay you guys live in the burbs and you live in the burbs of the burbs so there's not too many stuff going on anyway so do you think that she would have moved as fast as you would have done if you had lived in what's the hypothetical on the living situation in the city is Are there we... anything okay so. If you were to live in a city, do you think you would be more focused on your career versus a relationship? I mean, I was in school at the time, so I still would have been in school. Rachel would have been kind of working. It just if I had if I had lived in a city with my friends, we probably wouldn't have moved in together because I'm in a place. Okay, so that that's all I was asking for. I was trying to understand the question. That's all I was giving. It, it was more so like. If you were in the city or because you can't say just your friends because your friends are going to be there. If they're real friends, they're going to be there regardless. But if you're living even here, I live in D.C. So there's a lot of distractions that are here and there. But a lot of those distractions have been eliminated due to the pandemic. Like in the heat of the pandemic, we couldn't go out. 
we couldn't do all this other stuff that we were doing. Now things are slowly starting to get back to what it was. But I think that if I was living in a very, very suburban area, I don't know that I would even care about that. So my question is, if you both were living in a very city environment, do you think that you guys would have gotten together and meshed together and even quarantined together for not even knowing each other more than a year as quickly as you did? Quarantining together? Probably. I think that we would have. If we were in the same situation that we are now, but had been in a city environment with way more going on, way more things and way more options. Yeah, I still think the city is options. I still think we would have moved in together only because we don't have friends that have their own places that we could have quarantined with during that time. Well, what about family being an option? We did quarantine with family. We ended up quarantining with my family. Okay. Because it was close to school for both of us. If we did end up going back to school, because that was still all up in the air. Like, there were still possibilities that we were going back to school at the end of the year. When the yeah. fall semester started. Like, because when this happened, it was the beginning of the year. So we were right before summer vacation. No, no, no. Gotta go back. Spring break. They said for the rest of March, you're not going back to Canvas. And then, and then it was April. April. They, they came through with the announcement that they're just going virtual for the rest of the semester. For the semester. But yeah. there were still things that were up in the air about going back in the fall. Yeah. And I know my school, I would have been done at the end of anyway. Because I graduated in that May. Yeah. But it was just like, there were still up things up in the air. If I was in a city, and even if my mom and number had been in the city, I still think we would have quarantined there. Only because your family wasn't close enough for you to quarantine with and still be accessible to school at a comfortable distance. Yeah. Okay, so y'all just locked in. I mean, it's not that hard. We were locked in on spring break. No, but that's that's, that's a topic for another episode. We're going to talk about how y'all got locked in and what actually gets people locked in early on. Um, That's that's another episode. That's going to keep the people's mouth watering. I think we would have. I mean, that's just me, though. But I'm no, I I love I love how y'all got together. I mean, I remember when Malik was telling me, I was like, mm, it seems like it's going a little fast. But then I was like, I can't talk shit because when I got into mine, we was moving a little fast too. I mean, we wasn't moving that fast because I do not live with my significant other or anything like that. Um, but that's not to say that that's the determining factor of why things are supposed to work. But I also think because we all a little younger and again, hey, y'all going to live together anyway if you want to be together. So however so early... Together would say we've even been moving fast because even with living together, we still have had milestones but they just have come after sharing space. And we still yeah. have personal space. We still have personal time. It, yeah, it, we just happen no, to share I, property. I, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying, and I think it's 
I think it also makes a difference as to like if two people decide they're going to live together. I think it makes a difference as to where they're moving together. Like, is she moving into your home, him being the man, or is he moving into your home? Or are you both planning a place together and then you move into that? Because I think that always makes a difference. I think when you move into someone else's home that's already already established, that already sets a baseline of rules anyway, because you're moving into someone else's space. Mm-hmm. But when you move into something where you both have agreed to create this space, then you both have to create your own rules because, you know, both of you kind of equally share this space. Yeah. Compared to like, all right, he's moving into my place. So that means that, again, regardless of what he says, 50% of your stuff is going to work. And the same thing works on his end. If you're moving into his place, 60% of whatever he's going to say is going to work. And and that percentage may be greater depending on the person. Because I know if I were to move into my man's house, with what he's already established, his rules are going to surpass whatever I potentially might want them to be. So I have to submit to his rules. If he's coming into my space, he has to submit to my rules because it's my space. But if we both come into the situation together, you got an equal share, I got an equal share, then at least we both get to kind of make those decisions together. I still may let him lead. I still may submit to him. But financially, it is what it is. I'm paying 50. You paying 50. It is what it is. Yeah. Oh, I would also say, like, another thing about it is it's not in terms of, oh, yeah, it works in moving in. But you also have to think about when finding a bay, what kind of bay are you looking for? Are you looking for a long term bay or are you looking for short term bays? Yeah, especially if someone's saying, I'm just trying to find a quarantine bay. That could mean this is somebody for like a month or two months. Yeah, or that's even like when people try and cuff up during like the Christmas and holiday season. Like cuffing yeah. season. Like that's a thing too. And then they all unravel around this time of year because yes. it's hot outside and it's time to go play. And it's time, yeah. And it's time for like buns out or hot girl summer or thick girls. You know what I mean? Like if people find bays based on missions. Yeah, it comes down to where you are on a personal level and where you see yourself moving in your future with certain things. Yeah. I feel like this is development into the next episode because I have some other stuff to say on that. But well, we can we can segue out. Segue out because we have to eat dinner and do other stuff. So let's. Oh look, that we reached our thirty minute mark. Well, I I think I think are we at thirty minutes now? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I think this is probably a good minute to close right now. We don't want our episode to be too 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 long, not too early. Yeah, it's gonna sound like hour if I edit it down. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we we can always have those hour long episodes later on, but I don't think we need the first one to be that way. 
But yeah. Sweet. Everyone else, everyone say their piece. And I mean, Malik, do you want to close out? Rachel, do you want to close out? Um, I don't care. I'm just like, do what to do, homies. All right. Yeah. She's going to do the sound effects. <laughs> i catch you on okay. the side. Like, we enjoy catch everyone coming through. How about that? <laughs> coming through to the podcast is something new we all wanted to explore and get our hands into the sand with. And uh, just shoot us some topics on. Uh, in the comments or we'll figure out the socials thing later but if you can listen to this podcast just leave us a comment we'll get into it and uh we'll see you guys soon thanks for listening also i mean if you want to shoot us topics you can look all of us up on all of our socials i mean i'm literally rachel jackson on instagram and i and I am Rachel Jackson on every other social platform there is. So, they're not. There's you're, a couple I on the 50. Yeah. You're, you're, yeah. And TikTok, you're Rachel's rating and journey. Oh, because, but that's because my TikTok is linked to my YouTube and my Instagram is dates those things. You're going to make a change either way. We all know this because you, once you get going in the content business, your Instagram's going to be popping with Rachel's rating. Oh, we're about to be popping. We all about to listen. My Instagram. We about to we about to put that into existence. We all popping right now. Look 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 I'm look at the name, look at the name of our channel. Because Red I don't need captions. I don't You do not need captions. You can just post a photo. There's, yeah, I don't. The celebrities they don't they barely post captions. Just post I a photo. Don't, I don't do captions. It happens in the comments. That's a transaction. Okay, well, they can happen in the comments. I am not here for posting captions. I don't have time to sit and be like, this is me. That's why you have witty comments all the time. That's all you got to do is add your witty comments. She don't want to post captions, so that's It's okay. That's her business. I don't don't do captions. It depends. We'll do the captions. (laughs) I didn't ask for any of this.